fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Hello, it's lovely to have you here on the podcast. It's episode 125, and this is what we got coming up for you this week. Once we found the right developer, we then felt that this was something that we could build. It was as much about there not being many competitors in the market space for people that do dark web scanning. That's Tony and Neil from MSPDarkWeb.com. They're going to be here later in the show talking about how they built their own dark web scanning tool from scratch. There's nothing I love more than a story of a frustrated MSP creating their own solution and then actually releasing it into the world for other MSPs to use. They'll be here later on in the show. We're also going to be talking about gamifying your website. What is gamifying? It's the process of making engaging with your website more fun because the goal is more engagement. The more you can get people to engage with you, the more chances you've got of turning them into a lead and ultimately a client. We'll look at how you do that later on in the show. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. There are a number of persistent themes within this podcast. Obviously, we're here to talk about MSP marketing, but hand in hand with that is how you grow your business. And it's certainly an area that I have so much passion for. I've worked with so many business owners over the years, and I've seen so many people literally change their lives. I mean, it is an honor and a pleasure to work with someone and to watch them do all the hard things that it takes to turn their business around and genuinely change change their lifestyle. It's a pleasure to do that. One of the things that I notice over the years is that people often will get stuck trying to change things. And this this getting stuck stage can last months. I've seen it last years and years. And the reason they get stuck, I think, I mean, there's a number of different reasons, but one of the biggest challenges to them is finding enough time to work on the business and not just in the business. So working in the business is when you're doing stuff, the things that the business does. So for you, that's technical work. It's closing tickets, talking to clients, putting screwdrivers into sockets. And I don't don't know what you do, but you you know what I mean? It's, It's the things, it's the technical work. It's probably the things that you started when you first started the business. That was why you started the business. So you could do the technical things your own way. And then over a number of years, you kind of realize that actually your your real role as the business owner is not to press buttons and plug cables into things, into sockets, but to actually to build the business. And that's the challenge is to spend less time working in the business and spend more time working on the business. So working on the business is basically doing things that grow the business, is doing activities that get you more new clients. It's doing activities that get your clients to stay with you for longer. It's activities that persuade your clients to choose to spend more money with you. Those are the things that grow the business. So some of the business owners that I work with, they do get stuck just finding enough time to do that. I mean, I'm on record somewhere, many places actually, and you'll probably find it in this podcast if you go back far enough, saying you just need 90 minutes a day to grow your business. And certainly if I look back at the business that I built up between 2005 and 2016, which I successfully sold, most of the working on there was done in 90 minute chunks. I used to get up at five in the morning, 
which is insane as I look back at it now. I used to get up at five in the morning. I'd do 90 minutes of intense work on the business. And then I'd go and spend the rest of the day working in the business. And that was pretty much how it was until the last couple of years of that business. Now, when I set up this business in 2016, it was very important for me right from the get-go that I spend more time working on the business than in the business. So everything we've done has been designed around that. You know what I'm doing here? I'm recording a podcast. This is working on the business because our podcast is one of our most important marketing channels. It's also fun. Isn't that good? It's good those two things have been combined. But me standing here doing this podcast recording is me working on my business. I'm working on my marketing, which is going to help me to attract new clients to my business. How much time do you spend working on your business? If you don't know for sure, track it. Use one of the many, many time tracking apps you can use. And I'm a big fan of timeula.com, which is the one that comes with a physical dice. Here it is. Just turning my physical dice around and it's making the app go crazy as I turn it from side to side. But right now I've got that tracking that I'm creating content. Creating content is a green task for me. I can do an unlimited amount of it as much as I want. It's a very good use of my time because creating content is working on my business. So how much time do you spend on it? If it's less than 90 minutes a day, you've got a problem. You really do. I mean, 90 minutes a day is the minimum. Really, you want to be Getting to a stage where you're spending 25 to 50% of your time working on the business. And yes, that means hiring good people who can replace you doing the work you did in the business. Don't get me wrong. You don't have to completely come away from doing work in the business. But the goal is to get to a position where you have the choice. You have the choice to spend time working in the business or not. You might enjoy doing a server rebuild or resetting a user password. Yeah, no, no one enjoys resetting user passwords, but you might enjoy doing certain projects and you might choose to go back and do that now and again. And why not? That's a good thing to do. But it's about having the choice. And I'd rather you spend more of your time working on the business because the more time you spend working on the business, well, the faster you get where you want to go, which is a business that contributes financially and in time terms to the lifestyle that you want to lead. Half of the battle is making sure that you're not interrupted while you're working on the business. So the interruptions come from staff. They come from clients. They come from your family. Damn those children wanting your time to enjoy time with you. But they are a distraction sometimes and you need to find ways to work on the business without your children, your family, your staff and your clients stealing time from you. Part of that is about discipline. The reason I used to get up at five in the morning was that was when my daughter was very young and the whole family was in bed at five in the morning. And I knew I could work without any interruptions. Didn't check my emails, didn't even switch my phone on. No one is around at five in the morning who needs your attention. And so you can get some incredible work done then. I also used to go out to a separate office unit. So I used to leave my home, sometimes not always, but I'd leave my home and I'd go out to a separate office unit. And the reason I did that was so that my environment was an uninterrupted environment. So it's five in the morning. No one can contact me. No one's trying to contact me. They certainly don't expect me to be available. And I'm hidden away in an area where no one can find me. 
As you could imagine, that was an incredibly powerful and intense way of working on my business. Now, these days, my daughter is a bit older. She can just, she's 11 now. She goes up to her room and goes and does TikTok and Snapchat and all those horrible things that I don't really want her doing. But she's quite, you know, self-contained with leaving me alone to work on my business so long as I pay her attention every now and again and make sure she's got internet and, of course, food every 17 minutes or so. But now it's digital distractions. In fact, as I'm recording this now, my phone is pinging, ping, 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 WhatsApp. I've got a weather warning. I've got the bank saying that some money's just come out and some other money's coming in. I've got breaking news from the BBC. I've got my Nest Protect uh, smoke detector telling me it's going to do a test in a bit, which is actually quite helpful because I can make sure I'm not recording the podcast. You get the idea. So digital distractions are the biggest burden for me now. Maybe they are for you as well. If you've already sorted out the having the space and time and the environment to work on your business, maybe now you need to work on the digital distractions. Now, I've found an app. I haven't quite decided to use it yet, but I'm really tempted. I keep coming back to it. It's called FocusMe.com and it's a productivity app. Well, I'll just read off the website. It says the productivity app that forces you to focus. No cheats or workarounds, more than just a website blocker. Focus Me is a fully customizable tool that walls off online temptation to instantly increase personal efficiency and take countless hours of your life back. So you can block, limit, or ration the websites and apps that kind of suck your time. I know I find if, if you know, I don't use Facebook a lot. I use it for, our, we've got a, a, an MSP Marketing Edge members only Facebook group, and then a big MSP marketing uh, group, which is for any MSP. And apart from those, I don't really use Facebook a great deal. But I do know that when I should be working on something important and I'm procrastinating, I'll find myself reaching for my phone to go on Facebook. I don't know why. It's just a way of, I don't know, I guess, I guess it's almost a, a way of you knowing you're trying to do something important and your brain is, is, is trying to, because your brain's fighting against that, it's trying to find something else to do. So maybe if I was to sort of block Facebook, that would be a good thing to do. It says here it builds better habits for long-term willpower. There's a force mode when you need to go nuclear and it works on Windows, Mac, and apparently it's 100% free on Android. Oh my goodness, it doesn't work on iPhone. Right, I've got an iPhone. I'm going to have to find a different app. I'm sure there are competitors to focusme.com, but can you see the power of these, of actually using technology to stop you having the digital distractions? In fact, sometimes... and certainly when I'm not doing the podcast, but when I'm doing other things, I do switch on do not disturb on my iPhone because that means no notifications pop up at all to disturb me. It's just me getting on with it. But yet in an emergency, the people in my favorites list can get through to me on the phone. So I have the reassurance that, you know, if the school rings for whatever reason, they'll get through and it will break my do not disturb. So I don't have to worry about stuff like that. Maybe that's just the way I should do it. Anyway, this is about you, not me. What digital distractions are getting in your way? Is it your ticketing system? Is it Slack? Is it Teams? Is it your own team messaging you on Teams and asking questions that really they know the answers to, but they don't have the confidence to take their own answer? What is it that's getting in your way? What are your digital distractions? What's stopping you from spending 25 to 50% of your time working on the business. Identify what that is and you know what? Do something about it. Your future self will be very happy that you took this action today to spend more time working on the business 
with fewer distractions from that important work. Here's this week's clever idea. Back in episode 69 of the podcast, which went out just over a year ago, we talked about the concept of gamification. Gamifying something is about making it fun. And in fact, we've just been recently revamping the onboarding for our MSP Marketing Edge service, and we've built in a level of gamification. For example, when you watch our four onboarding videos, there are only four of them and there's only 15 minutes in total to watch them, we send our new members a free t-shirt. In fact, they get to choose the design and the color and the size of that t-shirt because watching those onboarding videos is obviously an important part of our retention strategy. We want someone not just to join, but to actually get started, you know, start to use the service and build it into their weekly and monthly marketing. And the onboarding videos are designed to do that. So we wanted to gamify the process of watching those videos and give a reward for doing so. That's a very clever way to do it. You might choose to gamify your onboarding in some way. Now your onboarding is obviously much more in real life, but you can still make it a game. Anyway, that's all back in episode 69. You can go and listen to that. What I wanna talk about today is an extension of that. It's about gamifying your website. Because one of the main goals with your website is to increase engagement. The more that people engage with you and your MSP through the website, the more likely they are to go on to become a client. Engagement is the goal. In fact, it's the goal not just on your website, it's the goal on your social channels as well. Engagement is really good. It's all about engagement these days. And gamifying your website to make it fun is a great way to catch people's attention. Because you think about how they're looking for a new MSP. They're typing in IT support, your town. They're clicking on a website. They're seeing a picture of network cables. They're seeing the same old text and they're clicking back again. And then they're clicking on the next one. Yep, they're seeing another same old stock image of network cables and they're clicking back again. And then they click on yours and yours, it has a picture of you welcoming them. And then it has a quiz. Oh my goodness, there's a quiz. It's just a very simple quiz. In fact, I've got an example to show you. Now, this isn't from our world. This is from outside of our world. It's from the world of people selling courses, education on how to buy property here in the UK. If you go to this website address, type it in carefully. It's propertyhub.net, propertyhub.net. And I don't know the two guys behind this. I don't buy anything from them, but I've used their website as an example of gamification a number of times. And assuming they haven't changed this at the moment, that says when you go into propertyhub.net, it says at the top, well, there's a photo of the two guys behind it. And it says at the top, welcome home property investors. How can we help? And there's a quiz. It says, I want to build up my pension and there's a little tick box. And then there's another option that says, I want to quit my job with a tick box. And a third one that says, I want an extra income stream. So I'm gonna go through this quiz right now. I'll I'll do it real answers for me. So imagine I was uh, looking for an extra income stream. No, I'm gonna put, I want to build up my pension. So I'm gonna tick that and it's instantly replaced the quiz options with a new option. It says, when do you want to have achieved this by? Question two of three. And then it says in 10 plus years, five to 10 years, two to five years, and within two years. Well, I'm only 47, not gonna be retiring for a while, so I'm gonna put 10 plus years. I'll tick that. And the final question, question three of three comes up. It says, how hands-on do you want to be? And my options are not very, I don't have much spare time. Somewhat, I have a bit of time and find property interesting. 
And very, I have the time and I love property. Well, I'm in the middle with that one. I have somewhat, I have a time, bit of time, and I find property interesting, which I do. So I've ticked on that and it's now gone through to, ah, right, according to this, I am a long-term loo. It's actually labeled me. It says a generous pension, security for your family and something to pass on. Property is the perfect investment for achieving these important long-term goals. Good news, you already have the most important asset when it comes to property, time. And then it just sort of gives you some information and it's it's teaching me and telling me uh, about stuff. And then down here, they have some recommendations. So they've got a course, they've got a podcast episode, uh, and then it says to access all of these resources, I just need to become a member, which is free. And I need to join the Property Hub community. Isn't that clever? So essentially, I'm joining their email list and probably joining their, their forum as well. This is gamification. Now, I wouldn't take exactly this same approach on an MSP's website, although you could, and I have a couple of my members who have done just this, and obviously they're not promoting their podcast or their community, they're trying to get people to actually you know, inquire, but it's a very clever way of increasing engagement. So a mission for you, over the weeks and months ahead, as you're going onto other people's websites, when you find something that immediately engages with you, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, how has this engaged you and what's the benefit for you? How can you steal their good ideas? Because let's be honest, the best ideas come from stealing them from other people and then doing your own version of them. Swipe and adapt, I like to think of it. What are the ideas that really inspired you and how could you apply them to your website? And don't worry too much about the technicalities of it. Anything, certainly something as simple as a quiz like we were just looking at here. There's a developer somewhere out there that can develop that for your website or indeed there may even be a plugin for it. How can you gamify your website to make it so much fun for the potential future clients that are visiting it? Paul's blatant plug. I mentioned earlier on that I have a couple of Facebook groups. So one of them is just for the members of my MSP Marketing Edge service, but I do have a big group as well. It's called MSP Marketing. It is open to any MSP anywhere in the world, and you can just join it. If you go into Facebook and, well, if you're on your, your desktop or your laptop, go to facebook.com slash groups slash MSP marketing. Whereas if you are on your phone, you just go into the search bar and type in MSP marketing and look for groups. Now we've got some really, really cool posts in here. We've got a post, actually it's a post from Tony Catewell who is, well, we've got an interview with Tony. You're about to hear in the next couple of minutes and he's talking about dark web scanning. Uh, then we've got a post from me and I'm talking about ripping apart an MSP's marketing in a, a, a session I'm doing and putting it back together. That was something I was doing with Zomentum. Uh, then we've got here, what else have we got here? We've got a, a top productivity recommendation for something called Text Expander, which is pretty cool. Uh, someone asking a question here, for an MSP with no PSA, is QuickBooks Online sufficient for multiple technicians, time entry and invoicing customers. What else we got here? We've got then someone's getting their van sign written and a whole bunch of other MSPs have posted pictures of their vehicles with their sign writing, which is really cool. It's such a good collaborative community. Uh, how many people have we got now? We've got more than 1500 members and all of them are MSPs. There's no vendors in here. It's a vendor free zone. Sorry, vendors. I do love you, but the community is just for MSPs. So if you're on your 
your uh, laptop, go to facebook.com slash groups slash MSP Marketing or just search for MSP Marketing in your Facebook app and tap on groups. You are welcome to join and I'll have a little chat with you in the MSP Marketing Facebook group. The Big Interview. Hi, I'm Tony Capewell, owner uh, and developer of MSP Dark Web. And I'm Neil Rennick, also from MSP Dark Web, on the front end dealing with MSPs across the world. And thank you both for joining me. It's been a pleasure following what you've been doing with MSP Dark Web over the last, oh, I don't know, you'll tell me how long it's been, but it feels well, like well. it's been many, many, many months. Uh, Tony and Neil, of course, we we worked together with the MSP Marketing Edge program, and you first told me about this idea. I think it was, it was getting on for over a year ago, and watching you turn it from an idea into something that is not just now sellable, but actually a growing number of MSPs are picking up has been an absolute pleasure. So I don't want to jump too far ahead. Let's, let's just first of all establish who you are and what you do. Because actually, your your day job or your previous day job was you guys own an MSP. So I've been working in the MSP space for over twenty years now, um, and we run a, an MSP in Milton Keynes. Running that business uh, and building the business are more around cybersecurity over the last sort of three four years. Um, we've found that. Uh, dark web scanning was a very limited product availability. Through lots of frustrations, we've designed, developed, and built a dark web scanner from the ground up over the last 12 years. 12 months, 12 months. rather. I think 12, 12 months, years yeah, will be. Months, anyone yeah. anyone <laughs> could do it over 12 years, but 12 months is quite impressive. It seems like now, 12 years. <laughs> I, yeah, I bet it does feel like 12 years. Yes. In fact, I've, I've watched you visibly age uh, over the time that you've been doing this. Now, Neil, I don't want you to name names, so I don't want to know which products you were using before, but what were the deficiencies that you found, the things that the, the, the sort of the established solutions out there weren't quite giving you? Well, first of all, the quality of the data was the the initial problem, you do a prospecting report using the dark web scanner, and then uh, your client would say, well, that was from 2016. What's the point of giving me data from three years ago, four years ago? Obviously, the, the FaceTime, the ability to be able to speak to somebody at these providers about a, an issue, a problem, or even offer suggestions as to how you could, they could tweak the platform, we were never able to do that. And the other big problem is that we were tied in uh, both to a long contract and quite a heavy minimal monthly spend. So they were the pain points that we sat down and started to look at from an MSP's point of view. And that is how we started to try and design the new product and platform. So Tony, you I've known you for a few years, um, quite a few years now. It's, it, it's getting on for yeah. probably about six or seven, isn't it? And you've always struck me as the entrepreneurial type. But I think a good entrepreneur knows when not to pursue an opportunity as much as they know when to pursue an opportunity. So you, you clearly had these pain points. You clearly had you know the, not quite the right service out there. When, when did the realization come into your mind that you were going to have to build your own solution? Not naming any names, but our, our experience with the last uh, platform that we used for dark web scanning ended in a legal battle. So um, it was a very raw subject. And I felt that dark web scanning was definitely something that is, should be part of any MSP's cybersecurity stack to try and uh, alleviate any of those security risks that uh, a, a customer can come across. So it was a long period of time that was spent researching, trying to find developers that could build the product for us. And once we found the right developer, we then felt that this was something that we could build 
and equally it was as much about there not being many many competitors in the market space it's it's a very limited space for people that do dark web scanning Yes, I bet it is. I bet it is. And what's the? We'll talk about the actual product itself and what makes it different. What its USP, its unique, unique selling proposition is. We'll talk about that in a little while. But when you first sat down to create it, was it easy for you because of your experience of of being MSPs and having? And Neil, this question's for you. So your experience of being MSPs and having looked at other people's services, did that make it easier for you to plan? Right, this is what we want it to do, and this is why we want it to work that way. That has actually been the key point that we've been able to have a good uh, kind of an open-hearted chat with the MSPs and they're feeling the same pain points that we were feeling. When we decided to sit down and put these points on paper and, and make sure that our platform, our product and our services would deal with those pain points, we were doing it from an MSP's point of view. And, and yeah, face-to-face, we've already seen that with the MSPs that we've been speaking to. Tony, let's delve into what, what it does. So we all know what dark web scanning is. What makes MSP dark web different? The key element to dark web scanning is obviously the data and how relevant that data is. So if you're returning data that is four, five, six years old to the customer, that is kind of irrelevant because the, the chances are they would have changed their password on that account within the last five, six years. So sourcing data that is uh, as relevant as it can be. We do have a lot of historic data, um, but we've got a functionality within the system that allows the MSP to filter that out before they start doing live monitoring. So they don't have to just deal with with the old data, they could deal with the up-to-date data. Let me, yeah. let me interrupt yeah. you there and be the devil's advocate, which is surely all of the services, so you and all of your competitors, you're all getting the same data from the same data sources. I would disagree. So our data source is has never has never embarked on a partnership in this form before. So they pride themselves on providing the world's largest breach data database. We are getting much better results in comparison to some of the competitors that we've been during the demo been asked to compare against. The way that we collect they collect the data is not just through automated bots, which a lot of the other competitors do. We have humanized people that are uh, going out and physically trying to get that breach data and purchase that data so that we can then have it in our breach data, which is what results in the published date being more recent to when the breach occurred rather than a longer period of time. And Neil, from the MSPs that are already taking this service and that you're speaking to, is, is this something of commercial value to them? Because I know that that's the other wider question about dark web monitoring, again, just being devil's advocate, which is, is, is it really a, you know, a, a sustainable thing long term? Uh, is it something that an MSP can buy and actually make margin from? Yeah, the two the two elements of including it within the, the package uh, have been expressed clearly as to what we were already doing as an MFP. So we were selling a single domain coverage for anything upwards of £100 per domain. The MSPs have also come back to us and said, yes, I'm going to be using it both ways, including it within the stack and selling it as a standalone security product, which is what we were doing previously as MSP. And, it's, and it has been a mixture of, the, of both. So if you're if you're paying an equivalent of eight pounds per domain and you're able to sell it at eighty hundred pounds per domain per month, you know the the maths uh, talks for itself as such. There's a, there's a a good profit margin to be made there. 
in your own MSP, I assume you're selling the MSP Dart Web service. And what kind of margin are you making reselling your own service? Because theoretically, you guys should be absolutely the best at it because you, you've built it to, to be sold. We have uh, Dart Web Scanning included in our top package, um, uh, managed service package. And we include that at a much more reduced rate. And then we equally, we can, customers can buy it as a separate add-on to some of the smaller um, the, the smaller packages that we sell or as a, uh, as a one-off. And we sell, as Neil said, anything from 100 to 150 pound per domain per month. So the margins are quite high. Neil and Tony, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Now, we're actually going to continue this interview and we're going to continue it on YouTube. So we have an extended version. In fact, I've just been writing down some things that I want to talk to you about. I want to go back over the development process and ask you sort of the highs and the lows of what it's like developing you know, an app, an entire app from, uh, from scratch, especially when you know it's other MSPs who are going to be buying it. I want to talk to you as well about the possibility of distractions and how likely it is or, or what the risks were that you were distracted from your business, your MSP business, while you were developing this second business. And also, what would you do differently? In fact, what would you, if you know, if you could start the whole process again, what would you do differently? And from talking to, I mean, you've been talking to hundreds of MSPs now over the last few months. So what, what lessons you've learned from those. So all of that's going to be on our extended interview and there will be a link to our YouTube, uh, which we'll mention towards the end of the podcast and you can find it in the show notes page. Just for now, Tony, if you just want to finish us uh, this interview for this podcast, just tell us briefly, give us a 10 second sell on MSP Dart Web and tell us where we can find out more information. Uh, okay, so you can head over to our website, which is mspdartweb.com and um, book yourself in for a demo where we will give you a quick squiz through the platform, show you what it can do, hopefully get you guys on board um, and start you selling dark web scanning. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. This week's recommended book. Hi everyone, I'm Aaron Nyhart of Cormel IT. So my book recommendation is Help Desk Habits by Mark Copeman. Uh, many of us MSPs, we, we sort of love the technical sides, but many of us don't always concentrate on the on the customer service, the, the customer experience side of things. So Helpless Habits is a great book for, for anyone who, who wants to improve their, their MSP's customer experience. Coming up next week. Hi, I'm Simon Marcel. I'm the founder of Propel Your MSP. And on next week's show, I will tell you how I was able to build our MSP from zero to over 100 staff in 18 years. We're also going to be talking about reuse marketing content across multiple channels. If you've gone to the effort and difficulty of creating a piece of content, why just use it on your website when you could use it on LinkedIn? In something like a podcast, you could turn it into a webinar, you could turn it into a video on YouTube, maybe even some kind of infographic as well. There's so many different things you can do and most professional marketers reuse content all the time across lots of different channels. We'll look at how to do that next week. We're also going to look at engagement. How can you engage your entire team, even your remote team, all at the same time in one go? I've got a clever idea for you next week. Now, don't forget the extended interview with Tony and Neil from today. We've put that onto YouTube. 
And on Thursday, we'll be launching another bite. It's the show presented by my friend Sophie Law, featuring myself, where we talk about the show, the show about the show. Both of those are on YouTube at youtube.com slash MSP marketing. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel and also subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Join me next Tuesday and have a very profitable week in your MSP. Made in the UK for MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast.